0: Learn how to build your faith in God's Word and live a life of 100% victory, 100% of the time. As you'll listen to the Senior Pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Sliokunquo, and expect God's Word to work for you. I can't hear you. Glory to God. So, we started last week talking about how to flourish, and one of the things we established from Psalm 92, verse 12, 13, 14, verse 13, but okay, let's read it, let's read 12 to um, 14 as we normally do. Are we ready, house? I want us to read together, everybody want to go? Next verse. shall flourish in the cuts of our God. Next verse. They shall be fat and flourishing. Hallelujah. So go back to verse 12 now. I want us to personalize it the way we did the first Sunday. You remember how we did it? Those that didn't come, you don't know. But those that came, remember how we did it the first Sunday. So let's go. One to go. Kingsley shall flourish like the palm tree. I will grow, like I said. Okay, so... Um, that next verse says those that be planted in the house of our god shall flourish in the courts of our god so one of the ways we flourish is by being planted trees don't flourish if they are not planted so you must be planted you cannot put yourself whenever it's convenient for you you cannot put yourself if you get offended you can't put yourself if it's difficult to make it to church. you must stay planted staying planted involves number one being planted in god and also being planted in the house of god god's house god's church Be planted. It's important that you are constantly fed and watered with the word of God consistently. I've discovered that the difference between the rich and the poor or the successful and the not so successful is not necessarily the action they take, but the consistency of the action. You see, poor people do sometimes what rich people do all the time. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? People that are not successful do sometimes what successful people do all the time that's the difference so it's the consistency not the action uh, for you to grow wealth for instance you have to save i don't think poor people generally don't save they just don't do it consistently sometimes they're unable to but they just don't do it is somebody getting what i'm saying so when they say be planted it's talking about the consistency stay in church stay consistent in the things of god all right even when life goes up and down even when your actions go up and down just stay consistent before long you will start to flourish is somebody getting what i'm saying trees don't uproot themselves they stay in one place and before long they'll bear fruits that will be your portion in the name of jesus so this second sunday we're going to look at something else also from that verse 12 it says i noticed that when they were describing flourishing they used the palm tree but when they were describing growing they used the cedar so one of the things you need to do this year to flourish is to grow it said the righteous will flourish like the palm tree but he shall grow come on tell anybody you shall grow let me preach to him, say you shall, you shall grow. No, put on your preaching voice, say, listen to me, neighbor. To me, neighbor. You shall grow. <laughs> Turn to the next person, say, Listen to me, child of God. <laughs> you shall grow. <laughs> Did you put <laughs> if it's preaching, you must put <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> if you don't put it's not preaching, no. You get to chop belly food to do that. If you are hungry, you will faint. If you do it three times. (laughs) Praise God. You shall grow. So you have to grow this year if you are gonna flourish. I wish I could beg you. Please grow. Please grow. Please grow. grow. The cedar grows very high. That's one thing it's known for. It grows very high. Do you say you grow like, like a cedar in Lebanon? You have to grow. Uh, One of the things that that I'm sure annoys God or even frustrates God, if that was possible, is when he sees his people not growing. If you are going to flourish, you have to grow. There's no two ways about it. You have to grow. And, uh, you know, uh, Apostle Paul in the book of Hebrews was telling them that, you know, when you ought to be teachers, he said, you are still babes. Still needing to be fed, still needing the milk, when you ought to be teachers. So, there's a time of your life, God expects that you'll even be teaching other people. God expects you to be teachers. Did you, you give me the scripture at all? Okay, you guys didn't collect. You must get everything. I want where it says, where you ought to be teachers, Specifically. He said, when you ought to be teachers, we're you, you still, we still having to teach you. He said, anybody that's was skillful in using the word, look at this. For when, for the time you ought to be what? Teachers. So, listen to me. There's a time you ought to be teaching. Let me tell you more. Say, teacher. teacher. When will you start teaching? You, start teaching. you see, because the, 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 the model of Christianity we have here keeps people dependent forever. People are babies forever. They must keep pastor must pray for me all the time, forever. Listen to me, let me tell you how I judge my success. I judge my success. The more you don't need me, the more I feel I'm successful. The more you need me, I'm failing. I'm a bad pastor. If there's a long line of people waiting for me after service for prayer. If it's to greet me, yes, I like to greet. I can greet hundred people. But if it's that you have a problem, that's why you're waiting for me on a long line. I feel I'm, I'm I'm not succeeding. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. He said, when you ought to be teachers, did you give me that scripture? He said, for, for when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you still have need of somebody to teach you again that which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have become such as have need of what? Milk and not of what? Strong meat. See, I'm still having to teach you again. You ought to be teachers by now. You ought to grow. That's what they're saying in simply simple terms. They are saying you ought to grow. How many tender? You ought to grow. You ought to grow. Our design of Christianity makes people dependent permanently on their powerful man of God. No, 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 no. The testimonies I love to hear is when you apply the word of God for yourself and get results. You know you're going to disciple your children. Hope you know this. If you're not growing, who is going to disciple them? Am I going to still disciple them? If somebody get what I'm saying? One of my sons sent me a message yesterday that, "Oh, daddy, um, my daughter was one year old yesterday. You know? So I can't pastor his children. I've pastored him. If somebody get what I'm saying, You're going to disciple your kids. You are going to be able to lay hands on your kids. You are going to show your kids what you've learned of God. He said, When you ought to be teachers, you can't run from it. You have to be, at some point, be teachers. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. I pray for you that your children will know God through your life. That's how you ought to be. If you have worked with God, you've been born again for, it's just sad. Some people are born again for so long, there's no difference. They are exactly where they started this journey, it's exactly where they are 10 years after freelance member, occasional member. I said, exactly five years. Ten you started here. This is where you used This is your permanent po- position. He said, when ye ought to be what? Teacher. So there's a time that you ought to have transited from where you started from to where everybody's telling you what to do to where you are even teaching others. That's Christianity. If you have been born again for ten years and you're still in the same spiritual cycle you are in, that somebody has to pray for you. Somebody has to tell you what the Bible says. Then no, you are not growing. You say you want to be teachers, but yet I'm still giving you milk. You don't you're never ready for strong meat. So in the Bible, there is milk and there's meat. There's meat. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. We have to grow, guys. So um, you know, the whole the whole Nigeria is fasting this January. You notice, have you? Which is a good thing. Interestingly, it's just that again, I wish that we are growing. Fasting is a necessary spiritual exercise. If you're born again Christian, really, you, should, you, you fasting should be a part of your life. It's not something that is either or. It's a constant part of your your life. It's like an athlete that say he doesn't exercise. It's not. You you must fast. It's, it's important. But again, I may be bothered again about how we approach things in the body of Christ. Again, is still pushing us far away. You know, there are people that because I put some posts up. During, the, uh, during this week and, uh, actually I was saying I know that some people don't know anything about fasting you know there are people there are Christians that Christians actually think we fast to make God do things for us some of you are even here you think you fast to make God do something for you that's what I'm saying that when you ought to be teachers we don't fast to make God do things for us we fast to be attuned to what God has done for us we don't fast to make God do, do anything for us your fasting doesn't impress God doesn't move God and the truth is that if your fasting moved God, he will be a very wicked God. If you're suffering, you're starving. You say, hey, oh God, don't hungry. Hey. <laughs> or you're in Jamaica beg, find something. If that's what moves your father, is a wicked father. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Your fasting doesn't move God. It helps your spirit. It's your spiritual exercise. You need to know this. Because there are people that I, I hear these things among Christians. Ah, your paper has not come out. Fast now. Fast three days so that God that was lazy will stand up and go and bring it. Because that is what you are implying. That a reluctant God becomes convinced when he sees your, your, your face looking very harassed after your fast. No, we don't fast to make God do anything for us. You need to understand the reason why some people think so is that they, they they read the Bible without being taught. The Bible is a very interesting book. If you, this is why God anoints and calls teachers and pastors and co. If you read the Bible without being taught, everything is in the Bible. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Everything is there. Some concern you, some does not. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yes, As all of us are here now. There's a part of the Bible, they talk about parenting. If you have not married, is that your, without your business? Does it concern you? For now? So, everything is in the Bible. Some concern you, some don't concern you. Some is just, is, is trying to create contrast so that you appreciate where you are. You know, if you, what, when are the times you appreciate your health the most? Hmm? This you're waking up every day, going to a, like, chopping into a, like, when do you appreciate it the most? When you are sick, eh? when you have another headache, eh? you thank thankful for all the 364 days that you didn't have headache. You somebody get what I'm saying? But without that headache, you never value those two days. You are even grumbling. Say, God, I'm suffering. Ah, Don't say you are suffering. I don't know if you guess what I'm saying. So, the whole Bible, they gave us the full gist to give contrast, to give concept. If you don't see the Old Testament, you won't value the New Testament. So, but when you read it like that and you think the Old Testament is your own reality today, you want to apply things from there, you'll miss it. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. The Word Testament is covenant. Same word. So, what they're saying is that there's an old arrangement, there's a new arrangement. Where we get value from our new arrangement is when we appreciate that, oh boy, see where people are coming from. They're giving you your history. So, the Old Testament worshipper different from the new testament worshiper so you can't read everything across board you can't apply everything you need to look at how it applies to you where you are today in the scheme of things and in the in the relationship with god you have so in the old testament how they fasted was they really fasted to get god's favor they really fasted to get god's attention because in that time they were not in a close relationship with god they were not always in god's favor So if you notice in the Old Testament, their relationship was up and down. When they behave well, everything is going fine. Once they start misbehaving, somebody will capture them. They will go into slavery. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The whole Bible, that's what the whole Bible is. When you read about Daniel and Co, they were slaves in one land. When you read about these people, that was what was going on. Every time they do well, they win. When they do bad, somebody wins them. Then they pray, oh God, we are suffering here. Then they win. Then when they forget themselves again, they prosper. Then they go, that's what the whole Old Testament is about. And even though there are a lot of lessons there, but you must be able to separate that an Old Testament worshipper is not the same as a New Testament worshipper. They're not the same at all. For instance, again, in the Old Covenant, they were not spiritually awakened. So everything that was done and talked to them then was demonstrated physically. How God used to lead them that time was with a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. Do you understand? That means if you are going to live here and go to a VI and you want God to lead you, pillar of fire will appear. It had to be physical. They were not spiritually alive. God had to relate to them physically. That they had no choice. They were not spiritually awakened. So there was a pillar of cloud by by, by day and a pillar of fire by night. That's how God led them. Or sometimes God led them by a prophet. So because they could not hear God, they would consult a prophet that could hear God. So the Old Testament prophet gives direction to your life. A New Testament prophet does not direct you. A New Testament pastor or preacher is not to... My real job is not praying for you. Hello, somebody. My real job is to introduce you to your father. I was talking to somebody in my house yesterday. I was explaining to her that... Imagine if I want to talk to my son. Because my children came as I was talking to her in the house. I said, imagine if I want to talk to my son now. And I first go and talk to the neighbor down the road to come and tell my son. This is the structure Nigerian Christians have. That my father wants to talk to me. But he goes to Abuja. Or goes to Lokoja. Or goes to uh, um, um, UK. And talks to a heavy man of God there. To now give me a word of prophecy. Wow. What a long distance relationship. What a what? Long distance relationship. This is the idea people have of Christianity. I said, this is my son. explain hear me here now. I want to tell him something. You know? I'll first call somebody in London. That tell my son, son, son. <laughs> that food is ready. Picture the stupidity. That's not the structure. A a new testament man of God does not hear God for you. His job is not even to pray for you. That's not his job. His job is to equip you. To connect you to your father. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. He's an elder brother telling you how your father thinks. Interpreting for you things you might not know yet because you are growing. His, His job is never to take the place of an intermediary between you and your father. No. Let me show you Ephesians 4. Most of you that are regular here you already know these things. Let's see the job of, of, of ministers of God so that it won't be that I'm just saying something out of the blues. Quickly, guys. He said he called some people apostles, prophets. So these guys, you guys didn't get the scriptures. you are slow now. I need you to be faster. And he gave some what? I can't hear you guys. He gave some people what? He gave some other ones what? He gave some what? He gave some what? He gave some what? Gave some what? This is what is called the five-fold ministry. So these are the people in ministry. You are either an apostle, a prophet, all this things You are one of these things Why did he appoint these people? See the, their work Next verse For what? I can't hear you, what's their job? The word perfecting means maturing Maturing of saints. My job is not to pray for you Why won't you talk to your father yourself? Why don't you want to talk to your father? Are you keeping malicious to your father? Why don't you want to talk to your father? You are even the better to describe exactly what you want why don't you talk for Look at this. It says, the reason why he's perfecting the saints is so that the saints can do the work of ministry. And it says, for a define word, the word that define is still building. My job is not to feed you. God wants to have a personal relationship with you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? I can't hear you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So in the Old Testament, if they couldn't hear God, they, either, they, they have something called Urim and Turim. They have a um, uh, pillar of cloud, pillar of fire. Then they also had prophets that they go and consult. But that's not how a New Testament believer lives. The New Testament is the real of the shadow that they had in the Old Testament. Again, on that example, in the Old Testament, you had to worship in a particular temple. You must go to the temple. No matter where you live, you must find your way to the temple. So when Jesus met that woman by the well, she was trying to argue with him about the temple. That you would say she worshiped in this mountain, you could just worship in that mountain. And Jesus said, The hour comes and now is. He said, The true worshippers will worship God in what? In spirit and truth. That means he's saying, You don't have to go to any mountain. He said, You are now the temple of God. So you don't really go to church. You are church. Somebody's not getting what I'm saying. I say you are church now. Because you know, I, put, I say, oh, I can't wear this thing to church. <laughs> My brother, you are church. If you can't wear it to church, you don't wear it anywhere because you are church. You are church. Now he lives inside. So, you see, there's a, there's a transition from having a physical temple to now you. Being what? The temple of God. You are the temple. So if you don't do this transition and you're saying, oh, I must go to one particular mountain. You, you missed the point. Then you're not growing when you do that. Hallelujah! You you must grow. That's what I'm saying. You need to grow in in how you appreciate things. So we don't fast to make God do things for us. No, no, no. You see, at that time, um, 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 they 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 were not at. They didn't have a permanent peaceful relationship with God. It was all based on their performance. So what God did for us in the new covenant is to upgrade us from servants to sons, and that is a big upgrading. So for instance, if you have a driver, a cook, um, a, a house help or something like that, your relationship with them is strictly based on their performance. I you what I'm saying? If you have a house help and they are misbehaving, you will deal with them. Am I correct? You can even tell them you're never sleeping in this house tonight. Am I getting what I'm saying? That relationship is based on performance. If you upgrade that person to son, you know your children, whether they behave or not behave, their food is sure. I went to one of the best schools in Nigeria at the time, at my own time. All kinds of rich people were there. When we do bad things and the parents come, they invite the parents to come and the parents come, you will see magic. Junior, you mean you are joining bad gang to climb fence and leave the school? I will deal with you. I'm pulling you out of this school and sending you to America to study. I said, sir, we are a group. <laughs> we are a group. All of us, we, are, we join. Punish all of us. Punish me, father. Is somebody getting this? I'm, kid, I'm I'm not joking. Most of my friends didn't finish with us in secondary school. They finished abroad. This is the punishment. This is the punishment. You can finish your studies abroad. Wow! I said sir, I'm the ring leader. I'm rather cross. It <laughs> send all of us together. We are sorry. Did you get this? The way you punish your son and your servant not the same at all. Not the same at all. Your son is guaranteed certain favors whether they misbehave or not. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. This is not to say they should misbehave. I'm saying this is the reality. Even when they misbehave, they will still sleep well. They will even eat. You say, go ahead. In fact, now they eating is even punishment. Go and finish your food. Ah. Children, now we should just be giving them knock for no reason because they don't know what they're enjoying. Just knock them, you give them knock too for no reason because you don't know where I'm coming from. I was counseling somebody that time. I said, you, <laughs> you know, nowadays I hug my son every day. We hug and we say, I love you, son, and everything. I, said, I love you, dad. I said, My, 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 children. I didn't have that. The only physical touch me and my father had was when he was giving me knock. Yeah, my father hugged. How knock that's the only physical contact we had. <laughs> Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Or did your father ever say I love you? Did you hear that? <laughs> the way your father tells you love you by saying, Go to school. <laughs> is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, what happened is that in the old covenant we were servants of God. So everything was performance driven. But he said for as many as received him, to them gave he what? Right or authority to become what? Sons of God. Big transition. Big transition. You are now a son. And no son needs to fast for his dad to do anything for him. Is somebody catching? So, why do we need to fast? Why do we need to fast? Great. Good question. Because you are full of yourself. Oh my God. I say you are what? You are full of yourself. You see, the average person is proud. You are pompous. You, th- you think too much of yourself. Even before you come to church. who they look you? You know, for my caliber, I can't sell. Full of yourself. And John the Baptist said, when he saw Jesus, he said, You must increase, and I must what? Decrease. You, Lord, must increase, and me must decrease. The reason why you can't walk in all of God God's best for your life is that you are too much in your life. Too stubborn, too willful. You know too much. You know you can't listen to it. Nobody can talk to me. Nobody can. You are, it's, and it's your, it's your nature. When you fast, what you are doing is that you are starving your physical body and your mind is getting weaker because at every point in time, there are three voices in your life, your flesh, your soul, and your spirit. When you fast, you are quietening the other two. So even though they used to shout and tell you nonsense, if you're not eating for two, three days, their voice will just go down. Your soul is like a computer. All the things you've packed into it over the years, that there's no money in Nigeria. If I don't go to Canada, I won't make it. Uh, this and that and that. When you fast like that, your soul too just, ah, anything you like do. <laughs> I'm tired. They both get Quiet. But you see, your spirit doesn't depend on physical food. In fact, the less physical food around, the lighter it is for it to float. So at that period, your spirit is the owner of the house. He's enjoying the house. Then he can have conversations with you. He can say, come, sit down, let's talk. It's your mouth is too sharp. (laughs) It can have conversations with you. I've been trying to tell you things, but you, you don't hear because of the noise of the other people. So when we fast, one of the things that happens is that we become sensitive. In our spirit, so it's something a believer should never miss. If you're a believer and you never fast, man, you are missing so much because a lot of things see you, they are, the way you even think when you are fasting, you, your kind of way of thinking has reduced. So you are thinking more spiritually, you are more attuned, you are making sound decisions, you are looking at life from a very spiritual standpoint. Without that, it's fear and anxiety that will fill your heart, gossip, and things like that. You need energy to gossip. Oh, you need energy. If you, somebody say, Tell me one long story. I never eat. He said, My brother, I'll go tell you later. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. A lot of the nonsense you do is energy you used to do it. If you starve or if you fast, which is what is happening, you, you, you don't have power for those nonsense. And your spirit doesn't depend on food, so he's happy. He feeds on the word. So fasting is not actually not eating. It's actually not eating so that you can eat spiritual food. Not eating physical food so that you can eat spiritual food. Because some people say they are fasting. But they're also not reading the Bible. They're also not praying. Then you're not fasting. You are starving. If all you are thinking about throughout the fast is what you used to break. You know, as I was they are just checking, the thing. when I go break today, eh? pap, I go buy pap, then beans, bread, if that's what you're meditating on, then you are not fasting. You see? If you are busy checking time to see when you can break it, then you're not fasting. The whole idea of the fasting is not just that you are staying away from food. It's because you are saying so much in the word of God that you don't have time or energy to put on food. That's why. It's not just that I'm running from food. No. You're praying and studying the word is more important during a fast than you're not eating. Because God is not making attendance for you. He's not impressing God. Because, of you know, fasting for them is a challenge. How many days mean, the past of own church? 21 days. <laughs> on a small now. Our own 70 days. we senior on our now. we be. Now. Nobody's giving you a word for it. God doesn't care. It's for you. It's your own spiritual fitness. It's not making God decide to do something for you that he wasn't doing before. That when he sees you suffering, you say, this boy don't lean. Make a doan for him. You see, you are, you are actually defaming God's character when you talk or think like that. You are painting him as a very bad person because you won't do that to your children. You are painting him as very bad. You are giving impression to people as if he's a God that needs your suffering. You don't understand. If you know the sufferer Jesus suffered, to be saying God is suffering you again, this is a heavy lies we lie on God in Africa. Do you know the sufferer that Jesus suffered? They flogged him and they stripped him naked though. He trekked, carrying his cross for, for long distance. So that suffering was not necessarily just for you. Then you now want to suffer your own. See, like I told you, in the old covenant, they were not in a relationship, they were not in a peaceful, a permanently peaceful relationship with God. So they had to perform. In the new covenant, Ephesians chapter 2, he said, he is our, let us let, read you guys. He said, you who were once far off. Before now, we actually did have a long distance relationship with God. We were far off, Who we were not close to him. See it. Even uh, no no I want I don't know how they will help me give you how the scripture flows. He says, "You who were once afar off have now been made near." DJ give me all those things. "You who were once far off have now been made near by the blood of Christ." DJ guide. Okay. Thank you. He says, "But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were what?" I can't hear. You were what? Far off. You are now made what? You are made near. That's what I mean. You are made near. Do you see this? By how? Is it by your suffering? No. It's by the blood of Christ that you are made near. See the next verse. It says, for he is what? (laughs) Our peace. What they mean by he is our peace is that he is our settlement. You see, you can be close to someone but not be in good terms with them. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. So what they're saying here is that we are not only close to God, but we are in good terms with him. Permanently. It doesn't change based on what you did yesterday. No. If you're born again Christian, you are permanently at peace with God. Not because of you. They say he, Jesus Christ, is our what? Peace. Have you ever owed somebody before? You have owed somebody. Let me see. Your hand. You've owed somebody that is your friend. That owing thing is bad. Most strong relationships become weak after owing if It's not well handled. So you can be close to somebody if you are owing him, you are not at peace. Especially if you are, if the date of payment has passed. You see, you are close, but you are not at peace. So even when they call you, you check who is calling. You are acting as if he's looking at you, say, <laughs> I'm not go pick. You people you dodge the call as if you are physically dodging. Then him being a Nigerian, he calls you the second number. But you you are smart, you know anybody that anybody that's calling you immediately after this call. It's the same person. So you still don't pick. Then it does private number. But you, Nigerian, you know that throughout this week. <laughs> Anybody I don't know, I'm not picking. You're in Nigeria. So you see, you are close to that person, but you are not in good terms. You are, you, you are, you are afraid of him. You are, you are not excited about relating with him. They are saying he is God. He, Jesus Christ is our peace. So you are God now. You are in good terms. Is somebody get what I'm saying? That's the big difference between an Old Testament worshipper and a New Testament. And this is not permanently at peace with God. He's trying to please God. This is why he needs to fast to get God's attention. In fact, those days, the way they repent is that they tear their clothes. Like I told you, they are very physical beings because they were not spiritual. So they have to demonstrate everything physically. So they will tear their clothes and pour ashes on their head. Imagine somebody now in church. say, "Repent!" Who wants to repent? And he comes and tears his clothes. Because we're not the same, we're not in the same level anymore. So you, now, what the Bible says is that you tear your heart. Say, so you rend your heart, not your garments. I don't know if somebody's getting what I'm saying. So now repentance is something you will do in your heart now. So I'm just going to show you that in those days, they were more physical. It's not their fault. They were not spiritually alive. So the only way to teach them things was by, it's like a small child. First it's not small child, how to count. You now bring counter. How many of you know counter? That's what it is. But you, as I can't tell me, you can't tell me without us losing counter. Do you understand? Because we can use our minds to do it. So those days we were spiritual children, all testament, because everything child to be physically shown. For instance, the time I put up one post, well, somebody came and wrote, why are women we wearing trousers in your church? Again, most African Nigerian Christians do not read Bible for themselves. They just repeat what their pastor says. If I teach you anything here and I don't show you scripture, please forget it, throw it away in the trash before you leave. If I'm the one saying it and if it's not in the Bible, forget it. And the same goes with anybody. No matter their rank or the size of their church. If what they're telling you is not biblically backed, it's their personality they are preaching. It's their preference they are preaching. And there's room for preference, but don't turn it to doctrine. For instance, I would like to go and pray in a physical mountain. That's where they hear God. That's fine, but it's not a doctrine. It doesn't mean that God speaks more on the mountain. My wife likes to hear God in the bathroom. That's where she hears God. So for her to not come up and say, Listen! If you are not hearing God in your bathroom, you don't know yourself. <laughs> uh-uh. That's a personal experience, a preference. It's not a doctrine. It should not be taught anywhere. Are you getting what I'm saying. But what we do in Nigeria is that once one person, something works for them, they want to say, everybody fall lost to the mountain. Three days on the mountain. There's no such scriptural backing. Okay, so this girl came. I said, "Why are wait, wait. I said, please show me scripture that says a woman should, should not wear trans. She said, God, so has so church. She mentioned her church. I said, you are, t- tell me your, you see, most Christians don't have any belief. This is why you must read Bible. That's a, my job is not to read Bible for you. You need to read. You need to know your father. You need to know your covenant. You need to know your agreement. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. How many of you have signed something for that you didn't read and you enter trouble? This is what you're doing every day in church. You're signing to things you've never read. Never seen before in your life. You just agree. You agree. You agree. Have you re- have you read the document? No, but pastor says They're not going to judge by churches They're not going to judge by pastors They're going to judge one by one You stand before God and give account I said, show me She doesn't know anywhere But she should go to her church I said, it's not your church that I wrote comments It's you If your church I comment I can still deal with them But you, you, you She doesn't know And the scripture she's talking about Is scripture that says Women should not wear what pertain to women Women should not wear what pertain to men Again if you don't know the difference between an old testament worshipper and a new testament worshipper, if you read the whole Bible as one, you will enter trouble. Because in the Bible they say you stone people, it's there? Like somebody does something, stone him. The prison where they, please, they wait and go lock you. <laughs> because they are giving you history. It doesn't mean you can't apply this in your world today. So, the scripture scripture that says, Oh, mention all pertains to women. DJ, bring it up now. Look at it. The woman should not wear what pertains to a, unto a man, and um, neither shall the man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so, the abomination before God. This is what she's talking about. Now, as a matter of interpreting scripture, you can't pick one verse out of context. Read the whole chapter. Read the whole concept. Read who is they're talking to. In this same chapter, there's where they said you shouldn't mix fabric, shouldn't use cotton and this thing. I want to ask the person, are you, have you applied that before? Has your pastor that said you should not wear trust, has he told you that about that one before? You see, We pick one verse. Based on preference. That pastor probably his own pastor too did not like trouser. Or maybe women really wear trousers that was tight, truly. But that's preference. That's an internal issue you can tell that, ladies, please We don't like trousers. It's, it's not a doctrine. Because if you're going to follow the doctrine, you must follow everything in that chapter. There's where they said don't mix fabric. Cotton and linen should not mix. I've not heard any pastor preach it before. Or have you heard a pastor preach it before? That listen! You are all mixing fabric. You are all going to hell. Have you seen it before? Nobody has preached it before. It's women should know wear trousers are here every day. You know in that same chapter they say you should not plant two different crops in the farm. Have you heard that before? You agricultural sinners. How dare you plant maize and mango in the same place. Have you heard any message like that before? It's personal preferences they are preaching. It's not gospel. It's not in the Bible. What God was trying to teach them was not to mix things because they had a lot of mixed multitude at the time. Remember, these guys are only physical. He has to use physical things to communicate spiritual truth. He's saying don't mix things up. At the time people were he was saying these things, yes, God doesn't really want a man to dress in a way that makes him be a woman. We have, we have those issues today, Abby. we? We have transgender and co-issues. That's what God is talking about. He said, look, if you're a man, let it be clear you're a man. Don't try to make yourself a woman. It's not really about the dress, it's about the intention and the motive. Because at the time this scripture was written, men used to wear jalabia, gown, and try ghetto. And women wear things like trousers. So you can't translate that to mean don't wear trousers, don't wear. No, no, no. God is not interested in those things. A woman wearing trousers doesn't change her spirituality. And I was in Winnipeg this Christmas, went to see our volunteers there. In Winnipeg, cold, they catch cold. You don't see where cold inside they freeze, you boy, see colds. <laughs> when the snow still comes with wind, as in, you see snow, but now wind, they blow on. So you never know trying to dodge. Are you dodging the snow, are you dodging the wind? Heavy cold, as you put your leg inside, is, is two, two feet of snow. Then you're human, and you want to wear skirts in that place. <laughs> you're dead, but they don't go forgive you. They say you kill me for nothing. <laughs> they say you want to wear skirts because they say it's only skirt you can wear. <laughs> you're not impressing God with those things. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So let's let's stay with what scripture really says. Uh, scripture never contradicts itself. Everything everything they tell you as a doctrine, it means check in the light of other scriptures. You find out that something just hanging on its own. Leave it first until we understand it better. It can't be saying that thing you are trying to say. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Let me start to round up So so when we fast We're actually not just starving But we're taking the time out You can fast anything You can fast TV You can fast your phone You can fast social media. You can fast walk You can fast anything Just the idea is that you're concentrating On spiritual things At that time of your life So if you're fasting And you're not praying You're wasting your time If you're fasting And you're not studying the word of God You're, you're starving If you're fasting And you're so hungry You can't read the Bible You're so hungry You can't pray Go and eat one slice of bread One slice bread. And have energy to pray It's more important that you pray Than that you starve because would you, are you praying? No. Have you fast, have you read Bible? Uh, what are you doing? I'm waiting for six o'clock. Go and eat. Go and eat. Or drink Coke. Get some energy in your system and go and pray. I'm, I know sir, I know the churches don't tell you this thing, but many people have died during 40 days, forty nine nights, dry fast. I'm a pastor, I will tell you the truth. I mean die, you're not going to die. Proper die, burial, die, burial. And what killed them? They were doing 40. They didn't realize that in the Bible, when people did 40 days, all the people that they recorded that did 40 days and 40 nights were doing supernatural fast. So the first one, let me give you an example, was Jesus Christ. Say he was led of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. It was a supernatural fast. It's not a normal fast, a human being like you can just enter. You will die. Elijah and Moses, are not the people that did this, For Moses for instance, he was in God's presence. He came out with a tablet of what God wrote. When he even came, they couldn't even look at his face. When you are in God's presence, time and space is suspended. Yes, so, <laughs> so, so this was like, it's like when the Bible says a thousand years like one day and one day is like, when you are inside, in eternity, there's no day and time. In eternity, there's no day and time. There's no hour. There's no distance. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. So that's what, so those guys were not doing the kind of fast meal you are doing. So if you just go 40 days, 40 nights, you don't eat anything, you don't anything. Hmm they will carry on a stretcher. I'm telling you, there are many cases, they just don't, those kind of cases, churches don't announce it, but real cases, that they have rushed rush person to the pastor, He says, what's, what's wrong with him? He's lying, like he can't talk, he can't breathe, he's unconscious. What's wrong with him? He was fasting for the night, by day 18, or uh, day whatever, he has gone. And they pray and pray, rushing does to us too, he, he didn't come back. Proper dial, nobody say he won't die, he died. But they won't announce it, they will still declare on that fast next week, yeah, No. If you get to the point where you are never, you don't even know your name, they say who are you? They say, I don't know. <laughs> Drink Coke. Drink Coke. We'll continue tomorrow. <laughs> they say who are you? They say I don't know. <laughs> Drink Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Look at yourself. Look at yourself. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I beg. Some people say, ah, if you're having, if you're, if you're fasting, you can't, you can't have sex. It's because many people still see sex as a dirty thing. You committed so much sin when you were an unbeliever, So you see sex as dirty. So you think sex is unholy. Sex is one of the holiest things that there is. Sex, sex is also worship. In, in, those, in those Bible days, they had what they called temple prostitutes. All those other hidden gods. They had what they called temple. So when they have their own temple, they have prostitutes in the temple. People come as part of worship. They pay money and sleep with the prostitutes in the temple. So sex has always been a part of worship. Sex is the only time for a married couple is really one, spirit, soul, and body. And that's, that's when you're mirroring the image of God. So sex is not holy. So everything God makes is holy. Whatever God does is good and perfect. Every good and perfect, it comes from the law. So God didn't create them dirty. It's because you have a dirty mindset of fornication. So you see sex as a distraction. That When you're fasting, you don't want to distract you by yourself. Are you kidding? Sex is one of the things that can get you concentrating more on your fast. I shouldn't have to say this in church, but we're in Nigeria. I'm talking about married couples, though. Sex, see, it, doesn't, it doesn't embarrass God at all. Some people think God is embarrassed that you're fasting and you having sex. No. You see, I, I, I don't even know how people visualize this God. Like a very confused person. He's not. He's not at all. He's okay. If your mind is wandering during your fast, if sex will make your mind come back in one place, go and have sex with your wife. In fact, And, and, and again, like I said, many people teach their preference. Let's stay with scripture. What the scripture does say is that it's not every time you fast... That you need to not have sex. Sometimes there's some fast you do that you want to tell your partner, "Hey, these three days I, I don't want to have any physical interaction. I don't want to talk so much with you. You know, keep it only to meet things that are very relevant." But I want to just spend time with God. That's fine. But there are conditions to it. Number one, they say you must do it with consent. So your partner, See, this, this is what the Bible says. But people don't say this. They don't say, "Don't have sex." No, let's stay with what the Bible says. Let's go with what the Bible says. Leave your preference. I know your preference is that you, you should not have sex for hundred days. That's fine. But let's stay with what the Bible says. See what the Bible says. He said, defraud not yourself. So the Bible calls you not sleep with your partner fraud. As in, EFCC should be aware of you. <laughs> Why are they calling it fraud? If you read the previous verse, it said, it's your duty. It's like saying you won't go to work where you're fasting. It's like saying you won't pay your rent because you're fasting. It's your duty. You should do it, whether or not you're fasting. So they said, um, the, um, give me where they said, the husband should fulfill his marital what? Duty. You see, it's not, it's not up to you. I want to fast 100 days have sex. That's your concern. If your partner wants sex, you must do your duty. He said, your husband, your husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. And likewise, the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body. But yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body. But you see, you see what the Bible says. Nobody's going to read this. Next verse. It says, um, DJ, next verse. He said, don't deprive each other except perhaps by what? Mutual consent. So first thing, if you want to fast... And he said, Mujahideen said for a time. So what they're saying is that if you want to fast and not have sex, it must be for a short time. There's condition. Short time. Not 70 days. Not 21 days. It's a short time. What is a short time? You see, when the Bible doesn't put specifics like this, it's not because they lack specifics. It's that they're giving you some freedom You to use your brain. If you guys have sex three times a week as a married couple, what's a short time? 21 days cannot be a short time. If you normally have sex three times in a week. That means you normally do like two days before you have sex. So you have sex every two days or every other day. You can't do 21 days. That's not a short time. That's what? A long time. Now, if you have sex normally in your marriage once a month. Which is bad and unhealthy. It's unhealthy for a married couple. But that's not today's topic. If you do that, then if you fast 21 days, that's not... That's normal. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So the Bible left this... When Bible, don't, don't mention specifics. It's not because they lack the sense to do so. It's that... Apply it to your reality. Apply it to your reality. If some, if are, you know there are couples that have sex every day. Oh yes. Mad people, they. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is <it> normal. Oh. <laughs> we all know normal like that. Oh. <laughs> there are people that are not normal. <laughs> yeah, but you see, again, God doesn't put anybody in bondage or in restriction. So, somebody that has sex every day, you want to do 21 days. Say so you will cause trouble for yourself. So they said let it be with concepts so some of you must agree the amount of time you're going to go without sex and it must be for a short time He said or oh, else you will tempt yourself you cause temptation or other issues I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying so let's stay with the book I'm, I'm, I'm reading all this just to say something it's important you stay with the script if you don't read it you just anybody just come and tell you anything you carry a Nigerian you start running read small let me start to tie it up so why do we now fast we fast to know the things God has already given us that's what we do. It helps us. See, the things God has given you, there in the spirit. When you fast, you tune down the flesh so that you are now in the spirit and you can access the things he has given you. You are now more aware of it. Not that God is going to do it. No, 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 no. God is not doing anything when you are fasting. Fasting doesn't move him. It doesn't move him. It just positions you. It attunes you. You hear clearly. The Bible says in Acts of the Apostles, it said, when they had ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, they heard God clearly. So it helps. It's a period of the life you hear God. I, I, my life changed when I fasted in 1996. Um, I was a new convert then. I was still a young believer then. You know, I went on a fast. It wasn't, I wasn't fasting for anything like most people do today. Everything, every time they are fasting breaks for something, I want my documents to come out. I want my visa to come out. I want my job. You no, know, no, no, no. You can fast just to be closer to God, to, to be more aware of, of spiritual things. And that was the kind of fast I was doing. I'm not praying for any material thing. And I was doing dry fasting alternate days. So I would, on Monday, I will do dry fasting. Monday to night, don't eat anything, don't drink anything. Then on Tuesday, the next day, I will drink a little water and eat something very light, not food. So, something very light, just to give me some energy to see pray. Then the next Wednesday, I will go again all day, not eating. I was doing alternate days like that. Again, there are no rules to fasting. There's no way God said fasting must be dry. Or it, must be, it allows you. The important thing is to focus on the real thing you are trying to achieve with it. So for me, it was important I pray. So I didn't want to do um, two weeks not eating or not drinking at all. I will be too tired. I want to pray. I want to study the Bible. So I'll do a whole day on Monday. Next day, I'll eat light. Wednesday, I'll do a whole day again. That's what I was doing. In the course of that fast, I wasn't praying for any material. thing Not shoe, not bread, not wife, nothing. In the course of that time, that's when God spoke to me about ministry, about DCC, about all that. So it changed the course of my life. It changed the course of my life. So, that's why you should be focusing on, on the fast we are doing this month. What I think God wants to do this year. What are some moves He wants to take? What are some things He wants you to stop doing? Some things He wants you to start doing. God is not impressed by your punishment. I've shared this story many times. Here. There was a time I, I, I had a confusion about ministry, something I should do or should not do. And it was, causing, it was distracting me a lot. It was becoming worrisome. So I declared a fast. I came to the people in the house that day. I said, look, I'm fasting, guys. Um, keep, you know, keep my food away and all that. I'm not eating. I'm fasting. So I entered my room, locked my door with my Bible and everything. Locked my door. As I entered the, the, the room, locked my door. The, as I opened my Bible, the first chapter, the first verse I opened, answered everything I was asking. The incredible detail. What remains was for my name to be there. The detail was too scary. You know it was God answering. The moment I got that, I closed the Bible, prayed over it, told them to bring my food. they <laughs> are like, ah, you're not fasting again? No. No, I'm not. I'm not punishing my, I'm not to punish myself. I've gotten what I'm looking you See, If you want direction, you've gotten this. Why are you? Who is who's, who's, who's my kid? You think I'm scoring you? Hey, it's a champion. You think it's like a computer game. They're saying higher score, beat higher score. The reigning champion in Benin is uh, John. Nobody's counting. I don't know if you guys what I'm saying. Now, if it's a church declared fast, it's important you go ahead with it. This was my own personal fast, so I'm the author and the finisher. (laughs) So I finished it when the issue was resolved. Is somebody catching it? Nobody's punishing you, nobody's marking your script. So, um, we we fast to get close to God. So... um, it's not because God will do things for us. If you look at it in Scripture, the principle for getting things from God is asking and believing. That's the principle. Anytime you want something from God, all God says to you is, "Ask me and believe you have it." That's the principle for asking. In Matthew seven seven, it says, "Ask and you shall receive." Mark eleven twenty four, it says, "What things you have desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it." I can give you on and on. The principle of receiving from God is asking Him, not fasting, not suffering. Asking Him. You fast so that you are in tune. Hallelujah. Ask and you shall receive. And he even gave us a screening test in that Matthew 7. He said, how many of you here, parents, if your son asks you for bread, you'll give them a stone? MK? Where's Billy? Where's King? King isn't there. Also. Has he eaten this morning? What did he eat? Cereal, Why didn't you give him sand? <laughs> did he fast before he got the cereal? Did he plan with you yesterday about the Siri? So you by yourself, yesterday, you planned how he will eat today. He's just playing about. You are better than many people's God though. Maybe God they don't suffer. He doesn't think what they will eat. He's shocked that they even want to eat. This this, this defamation we are giving God. Defamation. Africa, we, we lie we put on God. Heavy. God has said that we lie on both of them. <laughs> all we just lie on both of them. See it. Give me Matthew 7. He said, he said, he said, how many of you here? He said, he said, what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, we we'll give him a stone. Is there anybody here like that that has a son? If he asks bread, give him a stone. Ah, all of you are better than these people. Oh. See the next exam. He said, or if he asks fish, we we'll give him snake. Anybody here like that? Ah, you are trying. See what he says. They say, if you then be what? Evil. They are calling this your caring, evil. Compared to his own. Oh. You know, sickness compared to health, sickness is evil. Poverty compared to abundance, poverty is evil. That's how God sees it. What you call natural is to God is evil. He said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father which is heaven give what? Good things. To them that fast. No, now to them that fast 21 days minimum. What did they say? So the rule for receiving from God is what? Asking. You are fasting so that you are in tune. You are fasting so that when you ask, if there's a direction to how to go and collect it, you are in tune to hear. You are sensitive. That's what what fasting does for you. It doesn't impress God. It doesn't make God do something he doesn't want to do. Somebody get what I'm saying. Last scripture as I close. And I think the problem for many believers is that every time they pray, what they are imagining, what they are imagining, Babs, bring your chair and come on the stage. What many Christians are imagining when they pray? Let me tell you. And if, if I can help you shift it, if I can help you shift it to revolutionize your walk with God, what many, sit down, put the chair here and sit down. What many people are thinking that what's happening is that when you pray, please, can we pray? Just be praying, even if it's fake prayer. Just be saying, oh God, do something. Just fake one. Please, help me. I need audience. Say, so do it. So say, Babs, do it. Babs, do it. So this is the idea. Continue. This row least, help me. So the idea many people have is that these babes do like I do other things. Ah, yeah, he's not hearing. Yeah. Then after, they have, after they've shouted and they are now fasting, they are suffering. Then you see, he, 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 has, now, he has now pitied them. He now says, reluctantly, reluctantly, yeah. You're not looking reluctant, Self. You're too happy. <laughs> Reluctantly. You know, yeah, yeah this is it. You now goes to try and do it. This is the idea people have. <laughs> <laughs> this is the idea people have. That is their prayer. And how much they shout and that will make God now stand up and decide to go and do it. At all. At all. The purpose of our, of our prayer is withdrawal. Is withdrawal. It's like when they give you an ATM card. The purpose of the card is not to deposit. The card is only useful because there's something in the... Oh, you didn't get it. Your debit card is only useful because there's something in the account. Prayer is like your debit card. There is already deposit. Everything you will ever need... Listen carefully, guys. Everything you will ever need has been provided. Not is going to be provided, though. Has been what? He said he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You see, he has blessed us with all blessings already in heavenly places. So, what God has done is that He has done everything you need. That's why if you are praying for a husband now, for instance, they're not going to they're not going to start giving, but hey, who go born, who go born this gay husband now? Is that what they are doing? That husband already what? Exists. If you are praying for a car, they're not going to my a car today for you. The car already you just finished NYC you are praying for a job, God not going to say, hey, in Jamaica, do you know Linda needs a job? Why not tell me she need a job? Or you're getting any you free land in VI, let's buy land and start one company so that she can have a job. Is that what happened? The company you're gonna work, most likely, already what? Exists. Everything you're gonna ask for is done. The reason why you exist already. So John three sixteen. We'll close now in that, with that scripture. John three sixteen. I told you every time you see a a principle, it must it must it must be spread all over scripture, not just in one place. John 316 is my favorite scripture. In fact, my card number plate is it, 316. Because I love the scripture. The Bible is summarized in John 3.16. Anything anybody sharing with you that is not in line with John 316 is not, not Bible-based. So number one, he said, For God so what? Love. love the world. I don't want to go into love today. Let's leave love. That he what? He I can't hear you. That he what? He Did they say he is going to give? He what? He gave. gave his only son, that whosoever does what? Should not what? But what? Have. What I told you initially was asking and believing is how we get things done. In this scripture, gave and believe, which one comes first? You're not sure? Is there, it's an is open exam. In this scripture, Gave and believe. Which one comes first? Gave. So really, we are not praying for God to go and do. God has done. We are asking from what He has done, not from what He is going to do. He said, "For God's love, God, that He gave. What He didn't give the day you asked. Oh, somebody didn't understand that. The day you asked God to come to your life is that the day He just came to die." They just send 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 and send transfer and, send and send use your cutter. Go, go, go. Go die. Somebody want Is that what he did? He gave. One day you came to realization and you asked. But he does they have already gave. They have given. When he gave, he said, you believe, then you receive. He has given sense. He has given sense. The popular scripture people use in Matthew. They said this kind. Go ahead not out, but by prayer and fasting. Then, when we fast, we deal with strong demons. It's not by biblical. Remember the story. One guy came. He had a son that was lunatic. That's how he said it. He said, the son is lunatic. That the guy will enter into fire and also enter into water. Same guy. Maybe same day. Say, Lord, have mercy on me. For my son is a lunatic. And he's so vexed. Oftentimes, he fall into the fire. And often I fall into the water. Next verse. He said, and I brought him to the disciples that they could cure him. Next verse. He says, then Jesus answered and said, Oh, what? Faithless and poor generation. How long will I be with you? How long will I allow you or suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Next verse. And Jesus did what? Rebuked the devil. And he did what? Departed out of him. And the child was what? Cured from that very hour. And I like the disciples. See, they were very smart. They said, bro, see. They called him apart. The disciples came just apart. I said, bro, see. I said, why could we not what? Cast him out. And Jesus answered them. So let's stay with what Jesus said, you see. People say, oh, if you don't fast, demons won't answer you. Mm-mm. Please stay with scripture. Stay with, you must read. Stay with scripture. And Jesus said to them, because of what? Why could they not cast the devil out? Why could they not cast the devil out? Don't be afraid. This open exam is there. Look up if you don't know. Why could they not cast the devil out? Unbelief. Is there anything about fasting there now? He said they couldn't cast it out because of their unbelief. And he continued talking to them about faith and unbelief to show you that that's the topic. He said, Verily I say unto you, verily means I swear. Verily I say unto you, if you have faith, You only use verily when he knows they will struggle with believing what he's saying. He said, Verily I say unto you, uh, if you have a grain of mustard seed, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, it's smaller one of the smallest seeds ever. He said, You shall sail to this mountain, what? Remove yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be what? What makes nothing impossible to you? What makes nothing impossible to you? Is it fasting that makes nothing impossible to you? It's faith. The topic here is faith. Now, when he finished saying this, see what he now said. He said, how be it? This kind, goeth not out, but by what? What was he saying? Was he saying that if you don't fast and pray, this one will not go out? No. What he was saying is that, look, you're not going to build the kind of faith you need if you never spend time praying and fasting, spending time in devotion. You see, you don't build your faith the day you need it. So that's why this general fast is good for you Because you don't know what's going to happen this year to you You build your faith ahead Jesus did not fast this day when he cast out his devil, devil He didn't fast that day So if you are going to fast to cast out the devil then you must, That means you must know the day, day the devil is coming You must have an appointment that August 15th I'll attack you, okay I'll fast that day No, no you're not going to know So you keep yourself spiritually alert Spiritually active Because when you are spiritually gingered Whenever challenges come, you react the right way Instead of reacting in fear and in panic is somebody getting what I'm saying? Were you blessed at all this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's rise to our faith. So if you have not joined the fast throughout this week, please join this week. We pray every every day, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. You can join both or one, anyone you like, but join. There's power in praying together with other people. As you praying, you, you praying for yourself you need to learn to pray for yourself So do, we'll pray 6am at 6pm if you have not joined the fast before, join this week and you will see things moving around your life you will see that you will start hearing God clearly in the name of Jesus can you take one minute and just begin you know, to speak over your own life and, and appropriate everything that is your portion health is your portion, God has given already God has given already can you even thank him for it, say Lord I thank you you're no longer, you're no longer praying from a defeated point like God is searching for a husband. No, Lord, I thank you. I have. You have done it already. I'm blessed already. You have done it already. I'm prosperous already. Take one minute to just talk to God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just go ahead and talk to God this morning. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080 or 080 Or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.